Hi, mijas. Welcome back to another episode of Mija Listen. I am here with Jasmine Luchis, uh, also known as Heffa Mindset, Heffa Talk, and Heffa Project. So I I, uh, wanted to bring you on here because we... Um, well, I've been wanting to talk to you since I heard your podcast. Yeah. We've we've talked about doing it together, doing an episode together. So though it was time to do that. Um, but also you've had some really cool stuff going on lately. Mm-hmm. And I like what you're doing. And and then also later on to the conversation, we'll get into a little clip that we saw that we kind of, um, I asked if, if anybody wanted to share about that. And, and you did message me about it. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. But um, tell me, introduce yourself and tell us about what you've been doing, um, especially the pool drive. So, uh, my name is Jasmine Luchis. Um, I am the owner, like she said, of Hefa Mindset, Hefa Talk, and the Hefa Project. Um, I'm so sorry if you hear my kids. Um, so, um, basically, I started um, the pool drive, I want to say, in 2001. It was in 2001, um, and it was because during the summertime, obviously here in Texas, it's super hot, um, and I was starting to work at a, a community center, and I noticed that there was a need for just kids um, in low-income areas to stay cool. So the center was their place to kind of um, entertain the kids and have them cool because a lot of them didn't have um, central heating in their home, and and a lot of their parents, of course, you know, worked most of the day, so um, they just needed a place to really stay active and cool. Um, so then I was like, you know what? I would love to give away pools so that not only they, do they have access to something to cool off with, but it's also an activity that they can do with their parents or yeah. their older siblings and things like that. So that's really where that idea came from. And I just posted it, not really thinking that it was going to, you know, be a big off. thing. Yeah. Yeah. To take off. But it, it really did and we had messages from different um small businesses that that were like how can we help you um i had a lot of um families reach out and were like we would love to have a pool donated to us and and they sent in their stories and i was just like okay the response that we got for the pool drive was so amazing because you know so many people had reached out um we had um people donate um pamphlets that had information on them about like um safety as far as like making sure that they don't drown um, oh, that's how, awesome. to, how to put on their vests um our, our, the pools that we gave them weren't big pools, but it was still good information for them to have. Um, and then the dangers of di- uh, dry drowning and things like that. Um, yeah. And so it was it was a good turnout. Um, and then we were able to team up with, I believe it was District 13 Police um, Station. Mm-hmm. And they were having an event um during that time and so we were able to give them out there to the families that were coming out there and then we also dropped off some um to um local pantries and then um i didn't do it in 2022 um because just life happened and then this year i was like you know what i'm gonna do it again it's something that i want to continue doing so 
this year was our official second year doing it and again the response was huge we had um other small businesses co collaborate with us and buy um not only pools but we had um like water guns we had um floaties oh, we had awesome. for like different things and we ended up dropping it off at the west side um pantry um and then you know the kids were able to grab it and everything there that's really cool i love that and um i definitely want to be a part of it next year i think that's so awesome it's i mean it's it's true there's a lot of neighborhoods and houses here in san antonio that don't have central ac and, and um and heating and yeah it gets so hot in the summertime and i mean plus it's like you know for every little kid during the summer you know playing outside in the water in the pool that that's just like a staple for the summer so yeah. i love that you're able to provide that for the community um hefa talk is how i found you Mm -hmm. um, and but you've got Hefa Talk, Hefa Project, mm -hmm. and um, why don't you tell us a little bit about about those or you know the difference between what you're doing with those things? Um, so really, Hefa Mindset started because I started my small business uh, pre-pandemic, which was in 2019 in August. And um, I opened up my own lash brand and I'm a licensed esthetician. So I was doing lashes as well. So I had everything. I had the the lash bands and then I had lash trays, um, lash shampoos, tweezers, everything. Right. Um, and then um like the first one in my family to like really venture off into like the entrepreneurship so i didn't have anybody to ask or like look up to besides like me looking at videos or like reading up on stuff and i did my first pop-up i want to say was in december i believe and I realized that there's so many small businesses out there and I was like, okay, these are the people that I want to mingle with. These are the people that I want to connect with. And so I started to think like, okay, how can I do that? So then I started to have a mindset um, just to kind of group everybody together so I can just be organized with it. And then it just took off from there. And while I was doing pop-ups and mingling with a lot of business owners, a lot of their stories were so inspirational to me that I was like, you know what? I, I wish that there was a platform to share those stories. And so uh, eventually what I ended up doing is that I would highlight these small businesses in Hefa Mindset's page. But you can only write so much, you know? So I was like, how can I make this bigger and give them a, a platform where they can you know speak their stories yeah. and so then so i have a talk came about and really it was like you know like ted talks um <laughs> So that's where I got the idea from. I was like, have a talk because a lot of these um, people are business owners and um, their stories, you know, start from either nothing and they, you know, become very successful. So that's where the idea came from. Um, and then uh, I did work with a nonprofit for about a year. Um, and it was very fulfilling for me because I like to give back to the community. And so then 
Um, over the years, I've done projects with Hefa Mindset, helping, um, you know, do um, things throughout the community. And then I realized, like, okay, um, I'm at this crossroad now where my little one is about to start school and I can really take this brand and really grow it. And so I decided to launch the Hefa Project, which will be um, small businesses, which is what we do already, uh, small businesses coming together to really make an impact in the community through um, charity events, through um, projects that will help families in need or children in need um, throughout San Antonio. That's awesome. I love mm-hmm. it. And just from being an entrepreneur, just from meeting mm-hmm. other other small businesses, other other women here in San Antonio, other people doing like you, you know, being a first first person in your family, kind of venturing out into entrepreneurship, and yeah. uh, San Antonio's got such a strong community, especially in the small business world. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that that's where that path led you, because um, I mean, I you know, we're in the same path. This is how we cross paths. This is how I found you. You know, I, I yeah. and how I met you, and um, so that's really awesome. You um, for Hefa Talk, you just. You just uh, had a little milestone. Why don't you tell us about that? So I was able to reach 10,000 listeners, which is, I, <laughs> I can't even, I can't even, I was telling my husband, like, just the thought of it, it's like, I have really bad, it doesn't seem like it, but I have anxiety when it comes to meeting people and like, I'm, I'm really shy in person. And so to me when I saw that I'm like to know that there's 10,000 people out there that have heard my voice makes me cringe a little bit but at the same time I'm like I it's like I I wanted a platform where I can share the stories and and share my experiences and to see that I was able to reach that and it's just I have no words for it like I, I don't know how to you know just I'm thankful, obviously, yeah. but it's just, it still hasn't hit me yet that it's that many people. That, it was really awesome when I saw that. I was really happy for you. And it's, um, I found your podcast when I was kind of doing research to start my own. And then, you know, I realized you were here in San Antonio and really quickly realized that, you know, we kind of knew the same people. And um, when I heard your podcast, one of the things I liked about it, and I still like about it is, you're just really great and natural at, at sharing with people and get in just creating a space for them where they feel, uh, you know, to, where they feel comfortable opening up and sharing their experiences and their stories and their struggles and how they overcame all of those things. And, uh, so, you know, your little mouth, your milestone, it's not little, that's a great, it's a great milestone, especially for an entrepreneur who's started a podcast. And I congratulate you because you do a really great job um with the community and you do a really great job speaking with other entrepreneurs and and getting them to to share their experiences which is so vital for us like you said when you started your business you didn't have anyone to you know ask questions or look up to or figure things out and a lot of us are like that and so i think with your podcast you're really providing um you know definitely inspiration but also you're helping other other people navigate what they're doing in their business so i think that's really awesome Thank you, thank you. No, it's um, it's just something that I, I felt like a, a connection and a passion for, and to see that, um, it's been able to grow in such a short 
amount of time is like sometimes I'm like <laughs> I can't believe it took off like that. Um, yeah. And so I'm I'm also thankful because with me just taking that leap of faith of doing it because Heffa Talk I actually sat on that idea for almost two years and I was like I I'm scared I'm what if I sound dumb you know like. I, I my first language was Spanish so sometimes like my mind I know what I'm trying to say and it just doesn't come out right and and I'm just like I don't want to sound stupid I don't want this I don't want that like or you know what if I get judged what if they're gonna sit there and be like oh quien se cree you know like yeah and I sat on that idea for such a long time and then I was like no I, that's what holds me back because I get scared I get shy I get no I have to I have to practice what I preach. I tell everybody, like, get out there, go network, go this, go that. But then I don't do it myself. So yeah. I, I decided, like, okay, I'm going to stop being scared. And one of the ways that I was able to do it is I would record an episode and just post it and not listen back on it. Because I was like, if I listen back to it, I'm going to nip and pick at everything. And I'm just going to want to delete it. Or I'm just going to cringe at myself. And I'm just going to, I'm I'm not going to grow like that. So yeah. that's how I started doing it. And um, I still find it kind of hard to like talk by myself. Yeah. So I feel like um, when I do have, um, you know, guests on and I'm talking to them, it's more natural for me. And it's more... Like, it's literally, like, just a friend and us having a conversation. So, I think that's yeah. why um, they've been, you know, very comfortable to just open up and share their stories. So, I'm, I'm very thankful that I've been able to, you know, give them that safe space and that feeling of welcomingness. Yeah. I totally get you. Um, and it's so funny to hear that you sat on it for, for a few years. I sat on Miha Listen for about a year. And, really, uh, I did, yeah. And um, and I was talking to Nadia one day, and she's like, well, "What's you know holding you back?" Or you know, she's like, "You should, you know, just start small. You know, get the socials, get the website. You know, do this, do that." And I was like, she's very shamefully, I was like, "Nadia, I already have all of that." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "I already have all of that. I already have the logo design. I already have the branding. I already have all of that." And she's like, "Why aren't you doing it?" And it was the same. You know similar reasons like i was i told her i was like i was scared to let myself down i, I was scared that i wasn't going to follow through and you know because it is different when you have a job and you work for someone else or when you work for yourself it you know and it, it's very different and i've you know i have you know we own a, a business i have a business with my husband you know we do designing and, and printing and all of that um but this was it's different because it's personal right like it's it's uh it's, you're sharing you're sharing parts of yourself and that's yeah but i i loved hearing your podcast because i've yet to record alone i have not been able to record an really? episode on my own no yeah i haven't done it um i challenged myself to do it like a month or two ago and like mm. you said, life happened. We had some, you know, we lost our grandpa and some other things going on. So I, I never did it and kind of used that as an excuse. But um, yeah, I, it's, for me, I think that's a goal this year is to to start recording on my own because um, I'm just and not there will. yet. And you will. It, it'll at first it's going to be a little like. Uh, I tried. But, I was cringing. I was like, no, I can't do this. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I promise you, do it. 
and then just don't listen back to it because we are our biggest critic and you will nitpick at everything we are just 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 put it out there and don't listen back to it and honestly it's crazy because most of my episodes that have done great are the ones that i've recorded by myself really that's Um, interesting um, from ex- like either just me being very vulnerable and like uh, just talking about my experiences or um, just like my lessons in life that I've learned. Yeah. They have honestly done the best. One of my top episodes was when I was talking about boundaries mm-hmm. because um, I'm just learning to implicate those. And that was one of the best episodes. Till this day, I still get messages um, talking about like, you know, that episode changed my life. I've, wow. I'm starting to put boundaries up with my family, with my friends at work, or like, thank you so much for opening up about that. How it is hard, and and like, it's just like, it's so rewarding because you think like, it's. I didn't think something like that would be impactful but it is and um if i would have nitpicked at myself i <laughs> i would have i would have taken it down probably yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna make that um happen this year and and it's true it's the i think the episode that got me when i was like immediately i just picked up my phone and i sent you a dm i found you on social and i sent you a dm and i was just like um, is the episode of when you were talking about your son um, being autistic and, you know, starting to look for resources and a community here in San Antonio about that. And it was so authentic. Like it was, it was so authentic and vulnerable. And um, I think there's, I think there's a lot of strength behind being, I'm, I'm coming into that. I'm, I'm coming into that and, um, and into into finding strength in being vulnerable and authentic, uh, and that's that's been my whole journey since I moved here to San Antonio. It, it, you know, I've um, and that's what led me to Miha Listen is just learning to be myself, learning to trust and uh, in myself and be authentic and and follow my intuition and all of those things that come with, with, uh, you know, being a mom, being a woman, being a wife, being an entrepreneur, (laughs) all of those things. Um, so I, that's what resonated with me when I, when I heard your podcast, um, especially your episodes alone is just that authenticity and vulnerability and, and being comfortable and being, you being confident in that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. it, It is a challenge. (laughs) <laughs> uh, it is a challenge I, I will say because um, I I think that we all kind of struggle with um, being ourselves especially on social media it's like it's really hard because we want to be um, liked we want to be um, you know um, not judged for certain things and it, it, it's really hard to kind of find yourself and find your voice but once you do it's it's like the right people that are meant to be in your life will graduate gradually like um connect with you because you're being yourself yeah versus you you trying to be something that you're not and then you end up meeting the people that you don't 
you don't need in your life and i think it's something that i've definitely struggled over the years but and i still struggle with it you know right. um, but now it's like i find it very rewarding like what you see is what you get like mm-hmm. i i can't I can't put myself in this little box because you want me to be in this box. So I, I um I, I know that it is a struggle, but I find it rewarding now. And you'll 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 find the people that will help you bring that out. I think that's another thing too. I, I think that over the years, the women that I've met through my journey, through all of the projects and all of the things that I've done, they've helped me really come out of my little shell and be mm-hmm. myself. That it's like it's i'm thankful for them it's it's crazy right what what can happen the people you can meet the connections you can make and what can bloom and flourish when we put our walls down and allow ourselves to approach things um you know open and and as ourselves and not the not the person or the facade that we put up to protect ourselves or to protect our minds Mm -hmm. and our hearts it's um, it's in, it's absolutely insane, and, and I definitely agree with you. It's rewarding, like uh, when you meet other people, other women, and when you are able to accomplish things and start new businesses and things like that. Um, because you're finally, like you said, coming out of your shell or allowing yourself to to be seen um, as yourself, as your true self. It, I mean, it the sky's the limit. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Well, uh, congratulations on reaching uh, 10,000 listeners. That's that's really awesome. Um, your podcast says that it's, all, you know, for all girls making half a moves, but it is centered around um, the Latino Mexican-American community. Um, and we saw, or I posted, I shared a, a reel from Eva Longoria, and mm-hmm. I asked if anybody wanted to talk about it. And you message me and you're like, that's me. And so let's talk about it. So I'll definitely share when, when I post this uh, episode. But the the real is Eva talking about, being, I think she was like third grade, I think she said. And she got on the bus and she had a bean taco, right? Because that's what we had for breakfast. And mm-hmm. uh, and all the other kids had Pop-Tarts. And everybody was like, what's that? And some little girl was like, she's Mexican. And she didn't she, she's basically saying that that's the first time she's really realizing that she's mexican and other people aren't and then mm-hmm. then after that right it's the whole confusion between being mexican being american being mexican-american uh it's just like the selena movie right you're not mexican enough for the mexicans you're not american yeah. enough for the mexicans and here we are somewhere in between um and so you you messaged me and you're like that's me so um tell me about your experience growing up and and so when you I'm had not, that moment. Yeah, so I'm not from here. I'm I'm right. from Los Angeles. And um uh, I'm I'm from a hood that's a very um you know, we I come from a neighborhood that's majority Mexican. Um and so I never really mingled with race outside of you know of my neighborhood. So right. I never really knew until I honestly was a little older and um my mom had put us in this um 
private school um, kind of thing. Like they were better off in a, a financial situation. So she took me out of public school and put us into like a private school. Um, and there was the first time that I realized like, okay, um, there, there are other people <laughs> that are not Mexican that, yeah. you know, they, they look at things differently and they have different foods and, you know, different things. So, um, I was in the fifth grade, I was in the fifth grade and, um, it was during the summer. So it was like during orientation, we had like two weeks to kind of like mingle and see how school was going to be and how to transition from public school to to this new school and so it was like a summer camp for two oh, weeks okay. um and so um they pretty much arranged us according to how we tested um and so nobody in our class was either um above or below us like we were all around the same gotcha. learning level and then in my class, I had um, this white boy and he was like, we were eating lunch and then they had served us. I can't even remember if it was like uh, cornbread or some, something like that. Right. And I'm used to, for some reason in, uh, in my elementary school, I guess, because we're primarily Mexican or like Hispanic or whatever, like we didn't have foods like that like we had foods that were like what we're used to eating right, right. Uh, and I was like what is this like I don't I don't know what that is and then they had a uh they had a cream corn oh okay and I was like I've never had that and I was like uh where's like the the breakfast burrito like <laughs> and the, and they were like what is that and I'm like you guys haven't had a breakfast burrito and they're like no what is that a taco and i'm like no a breakfast burrito like it has your beans it has your meat and then it has your egg and and then they were like no and that was the first time i realized like okay so not everybody eats the same thing like everybody, <laughs> everybody has different tastes and then for lunch we would take our own sack lunches right and so my mom my mom's the cutest like she she likes to be like I guess what you would consider like the Pinterest moms. So yeah. my mom cut our fresas and like our sandia Aww. and like things like that. And so, and she would put Lucas in it and stuff like that. <laughs> Kids would be like, what are you doing? You eat that like that? You eat your fruit like that? And I'm like, oh, don't you guys? So it was a, it was a big shock, shock for me. Yeah. 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 And so that's when I really realized like, okay, like, not everybody is the same and then for me um you know i'm not your typical um how do i say it like um like i don't look mexican but i am mexican so right. a lot of the times when i was younger they would think that i was white because my my natural hair is like a lighter brown mm -hmm. and i'm like no i'm, I'm mexican and so it kind of reminds me of that um tiktok where they're like no i'm literally mexican like that, that literally used to be me all the time because people would be like oh um they would tell my mom like are you um babysitting her and uh -huh. she'll be like no she's she's mine you know like so it's it's little things like that where i realized like okay you know um i'm different yeah you know did your that's so funny um that you said that I, 
growing up, I, yeah, I mean, I was always the huera or gavacha and, you know, people always questioned whether or not I was Hispanic or Latino or, you know, whatever it was. Um, but I'm like a spinning image of my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and my mom, like you, you, you can tell, you know. So n- we never got questioned, but when the girls were little, Sophia, um, Sophia was Sophia and Dolly. They, they were both pretty dark when they were babies, like ba- like newborn babies. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, I remember being at HEB. And I got asked, you know, if I was babysitting, if, oh, how long have you been taking care of them? Or do you, you know, do you work with other families? And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> You're like, they're mine. Like, oh. just, just came out of me. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was shocked. And then, and then I was questioning, like, am I offended? I think I'm offended. And, yeah. you know, and, I, you know, I would say I would just, I, I just wouldn't pay any mind to the woman. I just would, uh, you know, I just kept shopping on, about my business. But, um, you know, I realized that and I saw that happen when I was growing up. I saw, you know, other, you know, people, other moms or other families, even outside of our culture. I, you know, I had seen that happen before, but it had never happened to me. And I didn't think it would happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so did your mom ever... Get so, offended, um, or did she ever react to any of that happening? I don't, I, I don't remember. Only because I think I was just really young that I just never you really don't pay attention. Yeah, yeah, I don't pay attention. But I could say that I, I realized probably around when I was seven or eight, mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, so because we look different we get treated different um yeah. i'm sorry kid. um oh, no, don't so, apologize we're moms <laughs> so um I-, I was adopted by my grandparents right and so my biological mom out of my tias is the lighter she- she's lighter skinned yeah than tias and then my grandma she looks like real indigenous like mm-hmm. um She's like really short, prietita. Like um, her features, you you can you can tell that she's you know Mexican or indigenous. Like she right. has, I'm sure she does have some kind of indigenous in her. Um, and so whenever I was little, and she would take me to school, they would ask her, "Are you her nana?" And uh, and she'll be like, "No, she's mine." And of course, at the time, I didn't understand the whole adoption thing. Right. Um, but to me, I was like, that's my mom. Why are you asking her that? You know? Yeah. Uh, but it, it's like, that's when I started to really realize, like, okay, you get treated differently. And then, of course, she doesn't know English. So um, I can see how um, in our culture or even outside of our culture, you get treated differently when people assume or they just think that you're you know you're not what you're at the, yeah it's it's colorism yeah it's yeah. i mean it happens in our culture it happens in you know black culture um i'm sure it happens in asian culture i'm sure it happens in mm-hmm. in every culture it's like it's colorism the you know the lighter you are the the more the better treatment you get or the better mm-hmm. received you are with people you know strangers and even with your own family yeah. even with your own like, family i feel like 
you know and i i hope she doesn't get offended that i say this but i feel like even my mom found herself doing those same things because um i feel like my mom my biological mom was favored a little more yeah like i feel like uh my mom had unfortunately my grandma would always tell her like oh you're so pretty and i wouldn't really hear her say that to my aunts and like i know it's probably not even intentional but you know i don't think she ever caught herself that that's what she was doing or ever um, realized that yeah that that was that it was a problem but yeah i can i can definitely say that it does happen within the family because like for instance uh my biological mom was given the name um Wera, like mm-hmm. and then my tia's my tia was um uh they would call her um changuita because she was just more morenita or um you know i think my my aunt nancy i think they would call her gordita or something like just something that's like you think it's cute but it's like you it's, when you grow up and realize the context behind it yeah well like you're just like um ow like yeah yeah so i think my mom just didn't really realize that that's what she was doing um but as i got older i realized it and i was like huh like we we do it within ourselves as well oh yeah for sure we do it and it's as a parent um i mean you have boys i not to say that it doesn't happen with boys but i feel like it happens more with with girls um but as a parent i i make it a point not to to make sure that i my kids aren't around people labeling them like that because my my girls are darker than me they're i mean i wouldn't even consider my girls dark but they are mm-hmm. darker than me and i think they're beautiful and like man they get so brown in the summer when we're outside and i think it's so beautiful and i make i make it a point to tell her oh baby your skin got so brown from the sun it looks so gorgeous i make it a point to tell her because one i think it's true but two mm-hmm. i don't ever i want her to be confident in her her color and also let her know our colors change throughout the year i mean mm-hmm. even me like i literally i gotta change foundations <laughs> for the season you know and um but just so that i want her to be confident in her in her skin so that because you know she will eventually encounter that and yeah. so that when she does encounter it she's confident in herself and already knows i'm good yeah yeah it's so it's so crazy because um i feel like i was the opposite i was always like wanting to be morenita i was was just like why can't i because i don't tan i I literally like i don't have foundation on and i'm like like i do not tan and my sister tans and like you know everybody in my family tans and i'll just be like why am i so light like i want to be like you and so i would tell my mom sometimes like i i want to have your skin color and she'll be like but así estás bonita like blanquita bonita like anything goes with you and this and that and blah 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 and then um now as an adult uh my husband it's funny because he's the one that's darker than his siblings right and he's the middle child so he would tell his mom Hmm. all the time like i want to be like my brother renee i want to be light like i don't i don't want he would say i don't want to be caca color (laughs) oh and 
and I would tell and I would tell Adrian like when we've talked about it I'm like that's so crazy you want it to be light and I want it to be dark yeah and, and, like, and the grass is always greener you know people always want yeah. what they don't have like, yeah. and my girls go through that with their curly hair they want straight hair I'm like baby it's, you know uh, we would kill to have curly hair you know how many people damage their hair I've damaged my hair like to have hair like yours yeah and what I think was was so beautiful for for adrian is that his mom would tell him all the time like no but i love your color your color is so beautiful it's it you know you get golden you get this you get that and so i'm like that's cool that your mom would tell that's you that's awesome stuff. yeah he's he's like yeah she would tell me that but then he's like i would still want to be like you know my siblings and then yeah. with my sons um, my oldest and my youngest are like my skin color and then my middle one Victor he he's dark like Adrian or I wouldn't even say dark he's just morenito yeah and I, I told Adrian I'm like I wonder if he'll go through that as well like you did where yeah. he'll compare himself Same and he's brothers. like yeah, he's like, he probably will. But then that's when, you know, I would tell him the same thing my mom told me. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't want them to ever feel different. Like, yeah. I, I don't the, the sad thing is that no matter what we do as moms, they're going to encounter that. And Elsewhere. there's only so much we can do, you know, to to reassure them or to be confident in themselves. I mean, I my mom... My mom was really... My mom's darker there. She's way darker than me. Um, my mom looks a little more Mexican, American, indigenous, like you said. Like, uh, And she was always... She never called out my color or my being light. Um, but she she definitely tried to instill the, you know, the concept that I was beautiful the way I was. And... You know, as much as she did that, yeah. I, I mean, I remember as a kid, probably like in my preteen years. I, I mean, I clearly remember going to sleep thinking, "Man, how fucking awesome would it be if I woke up and I was like my mom's color?" Or like, I have a birthmark on my arm right here. No, I can't turn my arm and twist it to save it. It's like it looks like a little half moon, and it's mm-hmm. just like a good three, four shades darker than the rest of my skin color. And I and I and I go. I remember going to sleep thinking like, man, how cool would it be if like my if I woke up the next morning and my whole body was like the color of my birthmark. Mm-hmm. And you know, so we're always it's it sucks, but we're always gonna want what we don't have. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I had I had curly hair and I I um I permed I permed it. I did perms to to make it permanently straight, like all throughout high school. And then by the time I got to you know like college, my hair was just like damaged, like so fried. And, you know, now my girls, they have, they both have super curly hair and, and they go, you know, she, my, Sophia saw a picture of me when I had curly hair and she was like, mom, that's you. And I was like, yeah, I told you I had curly hair. And she was just like, you have straight hair. And I was like, maybe I have damaged hair now. And I was like, you know, like it used to be like yours. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be like yours. And I wish I had left it that way. Yeah. yeah. It is. It's, it's true. I think it's also stages that we go through seeing everybody else. Yeah. Like, especially like uh, for that, that's like a beauty standard. Everybody's like, okay, I want pin string here. I want yeah. it. And like, it, it, 
it's just things that we see that we're like we we want to look like that and yeah unfortunately that's just how sometimes it goes yeah it is different so you uh you said it earlier you are from california from los angeles right I'm mm-hmm. from Houston. So I wanted to I wanted to talk to you and get your opinion and get, you know, what was it like for you when you moved here to San Antonio? Um, you know, like what are the differences, similarities in the communities that the community left and the community you found here? Like, because um, for me it's been a big a big culture shock and um I feel like I'm just starting to find a, you your know groove. my my groove, yeah. But um but I definitely wanted to get, you know, someone else who's had an experience like that like what was it like for you for me it was a big big culture shock like i i mean it just just either the weather too like we came during the summertime <laughs> I, I didn't even know what humidity was i thought like <laughs> i honestly thought like the the high 70s was hot in california so when we came during the summertime the, the summertime there it would be like 103 105 and i was like mom like why you why did you do this to us because we when we came from california unfortunately we came because my grandfather passed away and so uh my my mom's daughters were here already and so they were like we'll help you with the girls you know whatever because my mom at the time wasn't working my dad was how old were you when when y'all came i was 13 going on 14 oh okay i came i came in like my uh like high school like okay. starting so it was i was already like girl why are you doing this to me oh no that's like the worst time for a teenage girl to <laughs> pick yes, up I was, somewhere. Just, I was like mom why are you like i i just i really wanted to stay so yeah um we we came um during that time and it, we came during the summertime and we came we packed up everything we could in a u-haul and my dad had um a blazer uh a GMC blazer. I think it was a GMC blazer. It had no AC. Mm-hmm. So we learned really quickly that we were like <laughs> dying in that car. We were like, mom, this is too hot. And then when we first moved down here, we ended up moving in, in the south side, right okay. behind Lackland Air Force Base. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so in that neighborhood right there. So I, I come from the hood, you know? Like, I... I you know i feel comfortable in the hood i am i i love it i love the community because i feel like you you end up being more united um but it was a culture shock for me because even though i'm from the hood san antonio like their hood is like either i'm I'm talking about like no central heating like run down neighborhoods like really run down it's old there's a lot of old old houses yeah and so I remember telling my mom, like, mom, you moved us to a worse place. Like, and, and I was, I was honestly a little angry with her. And so we were just like, it was just too much of a culture shock for us. Yeah. right? And then food, food was different. Um, language was different. Like um, here, uh, uh, people call certain things something, and I'm like, that's not what it is. Like, <laughs> so it was just just adjusting to all of that was 
was kind of hard um and so to me i was just like not having it yeah in the beginning i was just like mm. and then um when school started um because our house was being built over here on 1604 and culebra area um so from the south side we would have to wake up at like five something in the morning get ready and my mom would drive us to our school that we were gonna eventually be at and so that was horrible too because i was like a long drive a long drive and then i at a very young age i started to realize the the difference between the south side and the north side and like in just that dynamic in that and then i just it i was homesick i was homesick because i was just like this is so different this is so weird and you know i was expecting honestly i was expecting like cowboys like i remember when we first when my mom first told us that we were moving down here she she was like oh we're gonna go to san antonio texas and i'm like we don't even know how to ride horses mom like we don't know i it's so silly but i legit thought that that's how people got it's around so you know funny, yeah I, everybody i remember i remember meeting uh, we went we would go to michigan every summer to spend uh the summer with my friends grandparents and yeah, they would ask us, like, the kids there would, not the adults, the kids would ask us, like, do you ride horses to school? I'm like, I've never even seen a fucking horse, dude. <laughs> no, yeah, like, I, I legit thought that, and I would tell my mom, like, I don't even have boots. I've never even worn boots. Like, mom, like, uh, so, literally, I, I think that in my mind, I was thinking, like, Western movies. Like, that's yeah. how I was thinking. <laughs> um, but, but it wasn't like that. And then, uh, I started to kind of, like, I had to accept it, you know, because I yeah. obviously I'm here because my mom, you know, I have to listen to my mom. I have to be with my mom. So I started to just, instead of being in a bad mood, I was just like, I just have to start to make friends. I have to get adjusted to the idea that we're not going to go How back old here. were you? Like, how, how long into the move did that realization like come? I honestly say like a year or so yeah. that I was just, I was angry and I just did not want to talk to people like... Um, my freshman year was very hard because I didn't, I, I mean, these people come to school and they already know, they grew up with everybody already. So it was so hard for me being the new girl. And then I'm the new girl coming from California. And it's like during that time, everybody was like Texas versus California. And like, so it was so hard for me. And, um, you know people from california were like well you can just sit with us like you can hang out with us and so i oh, that's I started cool. to- there was people there from california yeah um because the neighborhood that was de- that was developing um where um they had bought in a home for us um most of them were coming from california oh wow so- uh, it's funny because they call it they low-key call it Caliwood is, is oh. what they <laughs> they would call our neighborhood so um, with within that I, I was able to like really you know make friends there but it still wasn't like it was still hard for me um, and I think it's also because I was just so angry I was yeah. going through grief and, and so I was just like I was doing everything I could to not make friends. Like I did yeah. not want to mingle. That's I did not want to make friends. Though for for you being that young, uh, for a year into you moving here to the, you know to to make that decision, like you know I'm just gonna make the best of it. 
that's yeah because i awesome. was just like yeah i was just like <laughs> obviously we're not going anywhere i gotta <laughs> i gotta and especially because everybody says like your high school years are the best years and i'm like i i have to stop being so moody and just like you know be open to the idea and um so it, it was a definitely hard to get used to the food i'm still not used to like i know i've been here so long but it's like still i'm still not used to the food um i'm still not used to the weather like i think that's that's still something that's even though i've been here for a while now i still get amazed at how hot the summer can get sometimes i'm like yeah the weather the weather wasn't quite as a shock for me i'm i'm only from four hours away but uh the food yeah i'm so i'm like in Houston, I yeah, can anything, anytime, anywhere, and here I'm I was gonna say, go across town for something. No, no, and it's so crazy because I, Houston is like, um, even though it's in Texas, I think it's very diverse. Yeah, and I think, and I think that's why. And so, for me, coming from Los Angeles, it's also very diverse in the sense that, like, we have Chinatown, we have like, there's authentic restaurants where yeah. you can they can choose and eat and here they don't really have that so it, it it is hard to get used to and then um you know just just the people sometimes it was a little hard to get used to but i feel like now as an adult because i'm able to like move around like my favorite places are the west side and the south side of san antonio because it reminds me of home like yeah. it just it it the people just like the the culture like it, it might not be exactly the same but it still has it still has that feel for me you know is there yeah the the cariño the raza the yeah that's all there so that's we've why talked about I, that we've talked about that <laughs> feeling you know especially yeah. on the south side because that's where i'm at now that's where i live and when i moved here i outside of the south side i haven't i didn't really know much or hadn't really explored and then covid hit so i really wasn't exploring out there trying to yeah. <laughs> find anything but um but you and i talked about that we we did feel like the people and the love in the hood and the south side and the west side was um it's immeasurable i mean people people are so open and and willing to embrace you and help you mm-hmm. look out for you Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, everybody do that with a grain of salt. Be careful, you know, set your boundaries, like you said. But um, the, you know, some of the, the neighborhoods and and you know, Houston, I'm not like that. In Houston, I was used to, you know, like my my husband is from San Antonio, so my husband went to Houston for school. That's where we met. We lived there. He lived there since 2005, I think. So for a long time. So when I moved in with him and he would be out there talking to our neighbors and, you know, do different things. I'm like, what are you talking to them for? Why are you talking to them? It's like, they're like, you gotta be careful. I'm like, don't be telling him our business. Don't be, you know, like, he's like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you talk to people? Why don't you say hello? Good morning, something. And I'm just like, you know, and, and not to say that we're not nice in, in Houston, but, you know, we're not as quick to be open and, and share and, and friendly. And, and it was so different for me here. I remember the first time we moved here, um, uh, we, uh, our, my neighbor across the street, he's so sweet. He was taking my trash cans out for me. Mm. And I was, you know, I was like, what the 
what the fuck? Somebody's on the side of the house. <laughs> I was like, you know, and Michael was just like, what's wrong with you? That's our neighbor. He's, that's Mike. You know, I've known him my whole life. Like he's, he's just helping us out. You know, he's just taking, you know, he knows we have the babies. Cause when we moved here, um, you know, my girls were one and under one, you know, so really? he was just helping, you know, and I was just like, I wasn't used to it, you know, it's crazy. I will say, I will say that that's something that I had to get used to also, because not to say that we in California were rude. It's just that I feel like it's so fast paced. Yeah. you're more guarded, right? Yeah. And everybody's just kind of like in their own world. And so I will say that texas um or i think southern hospitality is yeah. a thing oh for sure and and i was just like i'm i wasn't used to it but i was like why are you being so nice <laughs> like like to me what do you want I used to, yeah yeah honestly i know it sounds kind of silly but i would be like why are you being nice why are you opening my door why are you like yeah uh but that's just how it is here and i you know i've grown to love it and and i'm it was hard to get used to though because yeah. i would be like what do you want what do you need or like yeah yeah that's it's funny that's i when i heard your i think it was your episode with angel um que bonita, like that you guys talked about the south side and and the the people being so loving and um it feeling like home and i think I think it was the episode you guys talked about your grandma's house too like y'all we all both had stories about your grandma's houses and that's exactly how i feel about my grandma's house in houston and and i told my husband i was like if you try to take me anywhere other than houston or other than san antonio I, there's no way i would have gone and um i did grow up coming to san antonio every summer my 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 uh paternal grandparents are from here so we did come every summer and and visit family um i mean those most of that family are have passed now so i don't really have family here but um it felt like home and and in san antonio the people in the community especially here on the south side and the west side um that i've been exposed to open open with love and arms you know like yeah. very embracing very loving very, very supportive of what you do they're the ones that go hard for for every everything that my husband and i have tried to build yes yeah, and it's much appreciated yeah because it's it makes you feel even prouder to be part of a community i think yeah like that when you have that kind of support and and just that unity right um so i that's why i will always say that not that i don't love all of san antonio but <laughs> the south side and the west side will always have a piece of my heart because i yeah. i love it like it, it reminds me of home i agree I agree, and and uh, I think we can wrap it up there. I think uh, I think that's what what I you know heard from from different episodes on your podcast, and so I connected with. So, thank you for talking with me today. No, and, thank you. Uh, I appreciate your your patience with the time and everything, and I'm glad we got to sit down. We'll definitely have to do it again. Yes, no, definitely. I want to have you on my podcast. I know there's a, a bunch of other things as we're talking. I was like, oh, I got to ask her about that. I got to ask her about that. So we'll we'll yes. definitely sit down and talk. And and uh, I had some time this month, so I appreciate you joining me at the last minute to record. But I think uh, I think my my recording schedule is going to be like a school schedule. So once the when school starts again, I'm going to be back at it. But um, trust me, I'm, I'm already like. <laughs> 
counting down the days because I'm like I'm not even I'm not even gonna know what to do with myself because I will officially be kid free like all of them are going to school full time and so I'm like what am I gonna do <laughs> yeah I'm, like, bro, I'm sure a list will pop up <laughs> like, oh, okay I gotta do this yeah yeah I know my my I need to write it all down my mental list is growing but I'm, I'm counting down the days too I'm ready for these girls to go back to school I'm like mm-hmm. I can't handle mm-hmm. any more play-doh on this table let me just say that same same <laughs> friend same like I'm picking Play-Doh out of my dog's hair at this point. I'm just like, oh my god, Play-Doh paint, like all of it. Nerf right. gun bullets. Like I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. We'll catch up again. And uh, everybody, if you if you have not uh, heard her podcast, definitely check check it out. She's on. Uh, I found you on Apple. You on Apple's on uh, Spotify. Where else are you on? Yeah, I'm on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, and then soon we'll be on YouTube as well. Fingers crossed. I'll yes, be able to girl, do me that. too. That's another goal for my podcast as well. So if y'all haven't checked her out, definitely check her out. Have a, have a talk, and uh, and I'll, of course, I will share all her socials and, and links and everything, but check out her podcast. It's really great, and it's, um, it's a good listen when you're, when you're uh, you know, trying to get your Heffa vibes going. So I appreciate you, girl. Thank you. Bye. Have a good day. You too. Thanks for listening, mijas. We'll be back with another episode for you soon. Until then, make sure you subscribe and follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you want to help us out, leave us a rating. That would be great. And as always, you can check out mijalisten.com for all of the podcast info and our merch as well. So you can represent our cultura anytime you want to feel like the strong badass mujer that you are make it a great week don't be shy send me a dm or reach out on the website bye